0: just thankful to be here at this moment to study the Word together. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's just dive right into this and, and go right into the Word this morning. I love what it says in Colossians 3. As you're, We're not going to start there, but Wednesday night, our message on Wednesday night really talked about uh, being close to God. Like, like really knowing how to know God in a deeper way. Uh, my title this morning is very clear, and it was based, kind of came from Wednesday night. This would be kind of part two from Wednesday night. Uh, it was, it's called Draw Near. Very, very obvious uh, idea of like this concept of like drawing near to God. And, and I, I love what it says in Colossians. Uh, this verse, it says, Whatever you do, do in word or deed, and do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Right? It says, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It says, like, whatever you do, do in thanks. Not in complaining or not in arguing, but, like, thanking God. Whatever I do, right? So, like, as I work or as I serve or as I lead, it's having this thankful heart. And, and through that, how I many you know when I do these things with a thankful heart, I tend to find myself drawing closer to God instead of having, like, a bad attitude. It is time. There are times in all of our lives it's easy to kind of have a bad attitude about things that God has asked us to do. But what that does, it kind of creates a barrier between us and God. Rather, I want to be thankful, God, I understand what I have to do. And this is what you've given me right now. This is what you've asked me to do in this part of my life. And whatever it is... I want to be thankful in that season, whatever God has called us to do. And I love that concept. And, and I'm praying that, you want, that today's message would be a prophetic message. Um, and, and I pray that you're going to get something prophetic that you can apply to your life. Like, like I, I don't want anyone to ever just be entertained in church. I always pray, God, I pray that we would hear from you, amen? And that, that the message would be something that we can apply to our lives and, and learn and grow from. And, and, and ask the Lord how to how to speak to us in our lives. And, and whatever it is that you're asking God for, ask Him for something great today. Say, God, would you just give me something greater than I ever expected? You know, uh, uh, Pastor John and Rachel, and by the way, thank you. The Bible, the money for Bibles just keeps pouring in, and I just keep sending it to Pakistan. Let me just take a little time out and just say... I want to say thank you for those who give to Pakistan. Uh, so Pastor John and Rachel, they texted me this week, and they asked, together, we're praying for one million people to be saved in Pakistan this year. Amen? One million. And so I said, I'm coming in 2020. I actually now have people that have been— I, it's funny, I spoke that, and I've had people now sewing into that. I have a church in Pennsylvania. They said, we're going to send you. So it's going to happen. So Pastor John said, why wait for 2022? Come now, 2020. I said, oh, I, give me a little time. I really need to like fast and pray and really be ready for this whole experience. But, but, but it's like asking God for something greater, right? So I'm like, well, I've been asking God, Lord, we want to send more Bibles. And the church has responded. Thank you for that. I mean, it's just, I love being able to send Bible money. There's nothing, I'm like, Lord, thank you for letting us lead people to Christ. But let's put a Bible in their hand, amen? Because we want people to grow deeper, I I want people to, like, draw near to God, like, to get closer to Him. When I saw this picture and and kind of put this thing together, this PowerPoint, I thought, like, it reminds me, like, when I go fishing, like, when I was a kid in in Iowa, I used to go fishing at at our campground in Iowa, and and my dad was a camp director, and and we used to catch, like, bullheads, which are, like, really kind of— slimy not the best eating fish they have like these tentacles and and they kind of look like a catfish but like mutated a little bit right they don't look right but we loved catching bullhead and the further out we would get on the dock I always like if we were really close to shore we would catch like the baby bullheads like these little teeny bullheads right and when you're eight or nine years old you're just glad to catch anything but I noticed we had a really long dock at our church camp. Like a re- if you've been to Machendo, you know there's that big dock there. So at our camp, there's a long dock. And the further I would get out on that dock, it's like I was getting closer to the bigger fish. And, and when I kind of think of God, I'm like, sometimes we need to go get off the shore a little bit, right? And kind of get out into like the depths. Like, God, I don't want to get out into the deep waters with you. I just don't want to be in the shallow stuff. Uh, we've been catching small fish, but I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some giant fish to be caught. Amen? Like Jesus told his disciples, right? Like, cast on the other side. Like they were trying something, and finally he's like, no, go the other way. So that's kind of like my mindset is in this word and, 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 and thinking about this whole drawing near to God. And, and what I do is when I pray. I, I love to think of creative words to describe God. Like right now, like in your mind, if you were describing God, what word kind of, maybe there's certain words that pop into your head, like who God is to you. Like I, like, I love the word, and there's a song, indescribable. Like, like literally, how many know, to describe God, it's kind of indescribable. I mean, we try our best with human words, but when you think of the magnitude of God, it's like, how wide, how deep, right? It's indescribable and, and, you know, like limitless. When I think of God, I think of like limitless. You know, it says in Ephesians chapter three, his love, may you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love. So, like, when we are drawing near to God, I want to get out into the deep waters with God and be like, Lord, I want to step out off the banks and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you, and I want to draw near to you to the depths. Like, his, his name is indescribable, isn't it? Like, God, you are indescribable. Like, I can describe you like your mercy, your power, your creation, your glory, your authenticity, but how I many know, it's just like indescribable. Sometimes just like, if I try to describe how long eternity is, I mean, I run out of words, don't you? I remember last week I had that rope illustration. Like I mean, that showed us kind of an idea of like, but it's, it's kind of hard to describe how time will never stop in heaven. I, after a while, you're like, I just can't even almost fathom that. It's just like too much, and it's too big. But it's also so awesome to be, to be quite frank. And so it's describing God. Now, let's go to first, uh, actually the Gospel of John, not First John. John chapter 1, verse 17. I want to describe a little bit more about the difference between supply and demand, the law versus grace. We're talking about how deep his love is. And so it says in John chapter 1, verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses. We understand that. But grace and truth was given through Jesus Christ. Okay, it's this, uh, uh, it's the abundance of grace that we have the ability to to reign in life. Like, we don't reign in our own flesh, but Christ through us that we can have dominion, right? How many know that Jesus has dominion over sin because of the cross? Therefore, we are partakers in that, right? So, like, we are partakers in this grace. And I've said this before, because sometimes it's easy to think that, like, okay... That sin can be cured if I do a certain amount of good works so or if I do this or that. But how many you know? It's not a behavior modification. Grace is a gift that is given, right? Uh, um, and, and so we've got to understand this. And, and, I, and I think I actually put this quote, if you have that up there about right believing. Um, when you have right believing, there will be right living. Say that with me when you have right believing i got to understand the word, then there will be right living i 've been saying that a little bit lately about having understanding full of knowledge and understanding of who God is like like I want to have a deeper walk with him because during our lives how I many know there 's a lot of things that we face that we don 't always understand they seem confusing they seem a little bit turbulent but My best approach is to say, God, all I can do right now is just draw near to you. Amen? How many know he's near to us? He's always near to us. It's us that need to draw near to him. He was there in the garden. He was there with the disciples when the storm hit. He was there. But it's like we have to decide. I need to draw near to him. And that is through understanding the word of God. Amen. And that is also through right believing. Because how many know when we have the right way of believing or thinking, what is the result? Right living. Right but if we don't understand who God is, how much he loves us, how grace is applied, sometimes we don't live the right way. We kind of self, we live in either self-judgment or self-righteousness, and all these things are not God's will. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, right? The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and Truth. And I think sometimes there's a separation of grace and truth uh, in the in the church today um, this this is this verse obviously that I just read in John is a Greek verse. It's in the singular form it's a singular verb, grace and truth, meaning grace and truth go together okay It's not that they're two separate things they are they they are one they go together It's kind of like I mean, some people can have 90% law and just a little bit of grace, all right? Or or on the opposite side is some people have 90% grace and just a little bit of truth. I mean, as believers, there needs to be kind of like this, this mixture, this two things are one kind of mindset, amen? Like I want to walk in grace, but I also want to walk in truth at the same time. Like, I can't just, can't just be only law and have no grace. We have to have both. Understand? They work together. And that's having a deeper walk, this understanding. When you have right believing, there will be right living. And, you know, it's, it's, it's real simple. It's like having encounters with Jesus is what changes our lives. Like I prayed this week, you had some encounters with the Holy Spirit. You're like you had an encounter with Jesus this week. Maybe through reading the Word, there was something that you read and you're just like, "That's for me today." Amen. Or maybe, maybe you were listening to the Daily Bread, or reading the Daily Bread, or hearing a, a devotion or a worship song. And whatever moment it was, you just like, you ever had that like encounter with Jesus in the middle of your day? Like, like, I love those moments, like I'll be on, the, on a walk, and I'm just kind of casual. And all of a sudden, it's just like, I just feel the Spirit just come over me. I'm like, thank you. It's just, like, amazing, right? It's encounters with Jesus. And that's, that's drawing near to him. That's when you begin to say, Lord, I, I just love this drawing near to you thing. I, it's, just, it's, it's, it's what moves us and takes us places. And it's, it's this whole life that we have with him. So, when you have these encounters, you also encounter grace. How many know grace is a great teacher? <laughs> okay, listen, grace teaches us to deny sin and to deny worldly lusts. Right? Remember what I said God is not about a behavior modification system, He's about a heart transformation. I'm going to tell you personally, I tried having a behavior modification in my late teenage years. I just thought, you know, I went to camp and I made some decisions. And I found out quickly I needed to have a heart transformation. Like I couldn't also just act a certain way. And, you know, I thought, well, if I lift my hands a certain way and I do this and I just went through the motions, if I just sing the songs I mean, no, that was kind of like a behavior modification. Like I meant well, but I needed to have a moment where God just came, kind of just covered me like a blanket and just had like this moment with me, this encounter with God. It's like a heart transformation. Like we sing, change my heart, oh God, right? And I would sing that, like change my heart, oh God. But then I would just want to do anything in my life to change what I was doing. So what did I do? To have this moment with God, I finally said, i got to really start reading the Word of God. Like, I need to pray. I need, like, back to the basics. Like, like, to have a heart transformation to kind of, because I found out real quickly as I was 18, 19, 20 years old, this modification stuff, just trying to make changes on my own for my own benefit It didn't really last very long, and it kind of backfired on me, and and I was miserable. Because you know why? I was trying to live up to a standard that I set, and I was no longer under grace, but I was under law. You know, when Jesus looked at people, what did he say? He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Like, drawing near to God is knowing the truth, and it will set you free. Like, I say this to my wife all the time. Like, if we going to, uh, we don't really get in very many arguments, but if we do, like, there's, there's her truth, there's my truth, and then there's, like, God's truth. What is he saying? He's usually telling me that I need to apologize. That's usually the truth. Like, you know, but, and I listen. I try to listen to that. But how many, it's always like, if we shall know the truth, and the truth, so when truth is told, how many know when, when we start living in truth, and, and we start... Speaking the truth. How many know there's freedom that comes from that? And healing. We can't just like never speak the truth. We got to, and moving forward, like drawing near to God. So this thing about the law, Moses. Now listen, Jesus is speaking to people who knew the five old, the first five Old Testament books of the Bible, right? Same with me. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Good. This is called the Pentateuch. And these five books, people knew them. They didn't know the names of them. They knew what was in them. They knew the stories. They knew the laws. They knew all these things. So Jesus looks at the people who knew these five books. These five books were the law. Okay, so they knew the law. Here comes Jesus. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There might have been somebody who said, well, oh, I already know the truth because I know those first five books. That's not exactly what Jesus was talking about. He's talking about something. It, it wasn't about the law. It was about grace. And see, people sometimes are afraid when someone preaches about grace because they think, well, now you're giving someone a license to sin. Let me challenge that. Romans six fourteen: For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. Okay, so, so it's like this. Um, I find that when I'm under grace, my attraction to Jesus gets stronger and stronger. Amen? Like, like the more I'm under grace, the more that I'm drawing near to him, it's no longer this mind. See, somebody who's on the other side of grace will say things like, it gives someone a license to sin. But when you're on the side of drawing near to Jesus and on the side of grace, you actually say, no, the closer I get to him, the more grace that I understand that I've been given, the less that I want to sin. Amen? It's like, it's like, Okay, my dad's not here today. And if he was, I would probably still say this because it's not like, I don't want to embarrass him, but it's a good thing. Like when I was a kid, like I respected my dad so much and loved him so much. Like I, I didn't want to disappoint him. So I would actually, like I not do things because I didn't want to hurt my own father. You understand that, that thing? like the closer I got to my dad, the less that I wanted to disobey him. So like the closer I get to my heavenly father, the less I have a desire to sin. Do we still have temptations? Absolutely. Will we fall short? Yes, we will at times. But I want to do less and less of it. Amen? See, that's how it works. And so it's like the more grace I understand I've been given, the more I just want to say, Lord, thank you. I just want to live for you. Like, like, I pray that every day. You just, I pray when you wake up. I hope there's a moment in your life where you just say, God, I just need you today. Like, I want to just be honest with you. You don't need a deep theology prayer. If you have one, that's great. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, so, I mean if you have, but sometimes, I mean, there's just some days where mama said there would be days like this, right? And you just say, you just say, I just, God, would you just be with me today? You know, I just need some strength. I, I, just give me some, help me out here today. Hey, and help me know, he already is a part of our conversation. Right? He's already a part of our conversation. We don't need to impress him. He, Like I always say, he just wants to be involved with our life. I love that. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. It's time to start rebuking the idea that, you know, I'm just a sinner. This is just the way I am. But it's time to start saying, it will not have dominion over me or my family. Amen? I begin to declare that in my life. God, this sin, this thing that I've been, like whatever it is that you struggle with, it's, it's, a, it's time to start saying, I denounce, I rebuke that sin. It does not have dominion over me. Amen? I am an overcomer in Jesus Christ. And maybe you're like, I, I'm, I'm either going through the process i'm at the end of it whatever it is but i am not a sinner i am saved by grace and god thank you for helping me through this right now amen hallelujah so we have this mixture of law and grace the bible calls it a mixture man calls it balance people call it balance god would call it mixture they work together it's like mixing ingredients for a meal a lot of times, I, like, I taste something, and I'm like, this tastes delicious. And then you find out there's like all these ingredients in there. I'm like, you know, I had no idea you put that in there. I mean, people make things here at this church. I've had some of your chili, your chili. I'm like, that tastes delicious. Then you tell me what you put in it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like last year, somebody put coffee in their chili. They literally said, I had a half a pot of coffee, and I thought, this might help the chili. That person got second place. He's not here today. And I, I, was, I wanted to applaud him. I love his chili. I was like, you put what in your chili? You put coffee? I'm like, I love you, man. Like, no wonder it was so good, right? I had no idea. It was, he's like, I just mixed it in. It just added to it. It wasn't like a separate thing. It was all part. So how I many know, like all grace and law kind of are mixed in together, right? So like, I understand the law, thou shalt not, and, and, but we also understand the grace. And they both work together for our benefit. The Bible says that when you're under grace, sin shall not have dominion over you. Huh. So in Exodus 34, God said, I will no, by no means clear the guilty, but I will visit your sins to the third and fourth generation of your children. And grand, this is tough. And grandchildren for the sins that were committed by the parents. If you remember, let me stop right there. If you remember, the, the first miracle of the law, the first miracle that we find in the law was Moses was there, Pharaoh, and the plagues were happening. If you remember, he what, turned the water into blood, right? What was the result? And That was like a resulting in death. There was death. Water turned into blood. The first miracle of grace, what was the first miracle of Jesus? He turned water into wine, which resulted life and a wedding celebration. You see the difference? So the law was there. He turned right, Moses turned the water into blood, and then but Jesus comes, grace is there, and he turns water into wine. So under the law, God said in Exodus thirty-four, I will visit your sins, third and fourth generations. Like they'll come back. But under grace, God said in Hebrews 8, Hallelujah. Uh, it says this, literally says, "I will, by no means, remember your sins for your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. Aren't you glad that we live under that grace? Amen?) <laughs> My sins are remembered no more. What changed? What happened to make that drastic change? Exodus 34, right? Your sins will be remembered by your third and fourth generations. New Testament, your sins will be remembered no more. What made the change? The cross, amen? It was Jesus on the cross. Our cross will be back here tomorrow night. We'll have, I keep pointing up here like there's a cross. There's a wreath. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the wreath. Just pretend there's the cross. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I, I kind of get this sense, this whole thought process of like, sometimes we just do the same thing, and we're trying to do it on our own. You know, law, the law is when we're trying to do it on our own. Grace is when we accept that someone else has done it for us. Someone else. Uh, last year, this happened a couple of times. I had one I I just kept trying to mow grass where it's really muddy. How many? That's just a bad idea. Like you don't mow a swamp. So, if you remember last spring, we had this. Like it was like this weekend. We had lots and lots of rain, and and I was just so anxious to mow the grass back here. If you know me, I just bothered me all the time. Like I got to mow the grass. I got to mow the grass. One day I'm like I'm gonna try, and I got this lawnmower that's not really that powerful, but I still had a lot of faith. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And how many you know? I got right in that mud. And I went, <laughs> and I'm spinning my wheels, and I'm getting bricks, and I'm getting everything I could find in the church shed. I mean, I'm putting everything in there, old signs, old everything, and I cannot get it out. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I tried, and I tried. Oh, this is not working. So finally, I broke down, and I called somebody. How many you know? There's a moment where you just got to, like, say, I just got to let somebody know. And once you know it, I happened to call. I'm like, Willis is probably in the area because I, I, I knew something was going on. We had in lunch or something. And so I called Willis and I told him, I said, I got the lawnmower stuck again. Da-da. He laughed and chuckled. And he's like, you know what? It's interesting you say that because I actually have some chains in the truck. He had his road commission truck. He came, he pulled me out in like three seconds. And I was covered in mud. I worked on that for like four hours to try to do it myself. And I spent all that time, all that effort, all that energy trying to do something for myself that I couldn't do. When somebody else came along who had the right tools, amen, and they got me out in seconds. And I think sometimes in life, we try so hard to do it ourselves, do it ourselves, do it our, this modification. If I change this, if I change that. When Jesus says, if you just come to me, I will do the change in you. Amen? If you just draw near to me. Like, like, like I've been struggling with this issue, this anger. When God's like, just come to me, I'm ready, I'm in your presence. Amen? He has the tools. And I learned my lesson. Guess what? I didn't go back in that swamp the rest of the summer. It became a beautiful, tall grass patch. Uh, if you have the right believing, right believing, you'll have the right living. Lord, I want to I believe right so they can live right. I want to have the, the truth and understanding. I want to know. And it's through God's word. It's this, this deep walk. I'm going to close here in a few minutes probably get you out here a little bit early if that's okay. I don't think anyone's going to complain. Your car should be okay by now. Hopefully they're de-iced a little bit. (laughs) Hebrews 10. I want to read these verses. There's a few, but we'll stop after we read these verses to say a few things. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 25. And I love this portion of Scripture. It's one of the greatest portions of Scripture about drawing near. John Bevere has an amazing series called Drawing Near uh, based off some of this. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 25. I'll read it through, then we'll talk for a few minutes. Verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins, right? It's trying to do these things. But this man, capital M, Jesus, of course, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever on the cross sat down at the right hand of, the, of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Verse 15, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. We have the Holy Spirit, amen? amen. We have our, our need, our, our helper. For after he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. There's the knowledge. There's the understanding. There's the mixture. And I will write them. Then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hallelujah. Grace, it's gone. Verse 18. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest of the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, say it with me, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let, us not, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love. I love that. Stirring up love and good works for not forsaking the assembling. I think Heather actually mentioned this first. We didn't talk even about this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting. Amen. Let's exhort one another and encourage one another. Amen. So much more as you see what? The day approaching church. We need each other. Amen. I need you. You need me. There's a human video that our youth did a few years ago. It came from Master's Commission. It's like, I need you. You need me to survive there's a few words in between like we need each other amen i need you you need me i hope you do oh i think my wife does amen Amen. i got an amen all right i love smaller crowds because i can just be like more like myself let me read verse 22 again let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith like a true heart is literally just saying here i am this is who i am god Thank you for this opportunity you have to show me your ways. I love that. In other words, not coming to him wondering if our sins are forgiven. If your sins have forgiven, if you've asked for forgiveness, aren't you thankful? They are forgiven. What did that verse say? Your sins are remembered no more. Like, not coming to him wondering if our sins are forgiving. Not coming to him in this mindset... Rather, God wants us to come to him. It says it right here, in full assurance of faith. What is one of the things that the disciples struggled with? Faith, right? He said it, Oh, you of little faith. And so he wants us to come to him with full assurance of faith. Thank you, God, for saving me, amen? Thank you for forgiving me. I know that I blew it, but I thank you that you forgot it because I ask you to forgive me. Isn't that amazing, freedom to live in that type of grace? And as a matter of fact, it doesn't make me want to do it again. It makes me not want to ever do it anymore. Like I said, I know there was certain situations in my life, there were times where I know that I disappointed my own dad. And guess what? I knew it. And it, it just like ate at me. I was like, I just don't like that feeling of seeing him hurt. So, I would have to make things right and say, I don't ever want to do this again. I have some really good illustrations, but I think I've told you too many things that I did already when I was a teenager. Right? Enough is enough. (laughs) Some of you who knew me. All right. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance. And and, and, what... Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4, 1 through 4. This is where we'll stop. This is the last verse. I think I have it here. For the law, having the shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually. You know what that is, what they're offering continue every year? It's called Yom Kippur. Who's heard of Yom Kippur? You've probably seen it on your calendar, right? I'm like, what's Yom Kippur? It's the Day of Atonement, okay? That's what this is. They would bring their sacrifices every year and make those who approach perfect. For, they, for then would they not have ceased to be offered for the worshipers once purified. Okay, the word right there once is hapax. In Greek, it means once and for all. So it basically reads for the worshipers once and for all purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Right? So what an amazing thought. It's like, under the law, you will be reminded of your sins at least once a year. Now, I don't want that to be my life anymore. But under the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. How I many know they are forgotten once and for all? Amen. Truth, say, truth and grace. We shall know the truth, and the truth shall, shall set you free. I've got to come to a point in our life where I say, Lord, what is your truth? What does your word say? It says that I am a son or a daughter of the Most High. Lord, I, I have been appointed and anointed. I have been assigned for more. Amen. So I started saying these things like, God, you have forgiven me. And I know, God, that because of the blood of Jesus that I know who I am and I can draw near to you. Amen. I, like, like I said, today in worship, I mean, obviously I'm missing our, we're missing our drums, we're missing our keyboard, and we thank goodness for, for Dennis and William and, and our singers, amen, and our sound team who did an amazing job. But I'm honestly, I was sitting there going like, I actually like this today. It's kind of cool. It was intimate, right? I, I said, that's okay, Lord. How many remember last year we lost our power and we had a worship service out in the foyer? Who remembers that? I had more people come up to me and say, pastor, that was one of my favorite worship services we've had. I'm like, really? We were all, like, sweating it behind the scenes, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, okay. Like, him, like, Will, you got to help us out. Willis, what do we do? You know? And then people were like, no, I loved it. It was intimate. It was like, right, I was like, I, I could be in God's presence in this. I felt so near to him. And I mean, there's just those moments where you have those encounters where you're like, God, I'm just so near to you right now. And I love it. And God, we look for those moments in life. And Lord, I pray, Lord, as we close this service, God, that we would learn on a daily basis to, to draw near to you. That, that might be those moments of worship or Bible study. It might be when we are exhorting or encouraging others. Just those, those God moments, like those God sightings, those times when we say, God, you're near and maybe it's that time when you just you, you feel overwhelmed by anxiety or depression or, or just fear. Lord, I just speak to that individual, God, that in those moments, Lord, there will be that still small voice that says, I am near to you. And, Lord, that we would find you even in the darkest moments, even in the difficult seasons. God, that even when we are struggling or feel a little confused, God, that we would know that you have never left us and you have not forsaken us. God, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that your grace is enough. Lord, that we can walk out of this building today saying, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me and forgetting my sins. Lord, now I pray that in my life I would sin no more in those areas. Lord, my, I wanna, that's my heart's desire. I might stumble. I might, I might step back once or twice. But, Lord, I will never stop pursuing you. God, I pray that we would be an example for others who are struggling. Let our lives be light for people right now who are just going through these difficult times. Lord, those who don't know you. Lord, I pray that our faith, that we would not be, oh, ye of little faith, but our faith would encourage and inspire. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we close? I have one more graphic I want to put on the on the screen. Remember, God, it says in Jeremiah 30, 31.3. I love that verse. It, it talks about God loves you with an everlasting love. Earlier I said a verse, like, the, don't you love how the Bible is like, God, that verse I read earlier, that he lavishes his children with love. Jeremiah 31.3. God loves us with an everlasting love. I mean, it's just like, when we begin to realize how much God loves us, and like, wow, it's, it's a lot. And, like, I sometimes just sit there, and I'm like, what did I do to deserve this kind of love? Like, this is grace beyond anything. If you're like me, you know, I'm, if there was a scoreboard, and it was as big as that back wall, and every time I probably sinned, and they put a little slack, you know, like you do one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. How many know if that, if that back wall was, like, your sins or my sins? There would be a lot of them. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I mean, there would be a lot, and, and I'm so thankful. Like, I don't, aren't you glad God doesn't keep score and be like, well, you know what? You're disqualified from ever serving. You're disqualified from going on a mission trip. You're disqualified from ever doing certain things because of these things you did in the past. But aren't you glad that, like, that whole board is washed in blood? It's like, it's gone. It's gone. It's like, thank you, God, that you don't keep score. And because of that, I don't want to rack up a whole nother scoreboard. Amen? I, I'm like, Lord, I want to start learning to live for you. I want to start learning to, like, leave those sinful ways. And it's by drawing near to him. Because if I try to do it on my own, guess what? I'll go right back. I have to draw near. I have to get the word of God, like, In me, like digesting this Bible, Amen. Like, like every day, God. What does Your Word say? It says that You love me. It says that You lavish over me. It says that You have a plan for me. You says that my family and my. How many know God's Word says like You have a purpose if you just draw near to me. We see it again and again. Amen. So that little graph I was going to put up. I'm sorry, guys, back there. It says about the law. Law is defined as demand. Grace is defined as supply. Our God shall what? Supply all, you know it, Your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So like law is when I demand things from God. Grace is when I understand that he supplies everything. Amen. Like, like God, thank you that like, you supply. Jesus was there with the boy with the, uh, the 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 five loaves and the two fish, right? And and literally, they're feeding like probably more like fifteen to twenty thousand people there. There were five thousand men, but there were women and children there as well. And like, how I many? He took that, and not only was there enough, but you remember that there was more than enough. that came back with a lot more. So that grace is supply. He doesn't just supply, but he supplies more than enough. And Lord, we thank you for that. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a few minutes, I just feel the need to pray again as we close this service. Matthew 7 says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. And this is what, he's just telling us, this is the principle. So to ask, to seek, and to knock. So today, asking God, like ask him right now, like whatever it is you need help with, or you need an answer to prayer, say asking God right now. Seeking him is now where we get involved in that way of like getting close. God, I want to, I seek you. I want to know you more. I want to grow. I want to, I want to learn more. I want to seek and knock. Just stand there and say, I'm ready. And he'll open that door for you. He's there already. He's just, he's just waiting for us to do our part. And he's like, yes, there's that faith. There's what I wanted. Like, there's that ac- faith in action. And God, we are here today asking, seeking, and knocking. Lord, I pray our desire as a church body, God, corporately, I pray this prayer that we want to draw near to you. We can never be near enough. Lord God, every single day, how, oh, how I need thee, Lord. That's like an old song, but what a great statement. Like, Lord, we need thee this hour. I need you every hour of every day. And Lord, whether I'm, I'm, I'm relaxing with my family or driving or enjoying a nice meal, even in those moments, God, I can still bring you glory by just being someone who encourages, by somebody who listens and somebody who just, who just says, You know, God, I give you thanks in all things. I thank you, God, for this family, this moment, these friends. Lord, I pray that our lives would be uh, uh, representations of what you've done for us. We've been forgiven. We are, Lord, participants. We have the law that guides us, that gives us boundaries, but we have grace that helps us move freely within those boundaries. And I pray a blessing over each one, God. I pray a safe travels, safe travels for everyone here, Lord. Thank you for their their willingness to come out this morning on a cold January, icy, snowy morning, God. I I think, Lord, right there, that in itself, God, shows, Lord God, that they are are just hungry for more, Lord. They are here saying, God, I, I know that, Lord, you have a word for me today. Lord, I pray now you would just... Uh, impart in them, God, a, a new measure of, of, of truth and understanding, God, that you would uh, uh, increase our response to you and our dedication to you, God. We pray for just a wonderful afternoon, a blessed day, a blessed week. In Jesus' name, we thank you for this day. Amen. And amen. Amen. Let's give God the praise. Would you join me now? Amen. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day. And we go in celebration. And Lord, keep everyone safe. Amen.